2019 is the year of promise. And so this is exciting. I'm going to have John hand these things out to you here. Maybe I should have someone on this side too here. John, give me half of those. I'll help. All right, so this is exciting, I think, because one of the things the Lord wants us to do is to walk in the promises that he's given us, and that's an important thing. Every promise is yes and amen in him, and every promise is a fulfillment of what God has for us. So when we talk about the year of promise, you're going to see there are seven different things that I have in here, and today's going to be just a quick overview because I'm going to preach a lot (laughs) on promises this year. So what you see in this booklet that I'm handing out is on the left, I have a suggestion on how to pray. Pray into his promises, right? And then the other side is a statement about who God is and about what he wants to do in us through these different things and what we can do to participate in them. And so we're just going to walk through this, and I'm going to give you, like I said, an overview of what God has. So the first thing is to pray into his promises. And the reason that we do that is because God's faithful. When I say pray into the promises, God's spoken to our hearts. And so what happens is he begins to give us promises and he speaks things into our heart and soul. And sometimes we just, I don't know, can just go and just live life and not really pray into what God has spoken. You know, because many times I think what happens is when God gives us promises, they seem so huge to us that it's hard to imagine, especially when they have to do with us and what he wants to do through us. A lot of times, you know, I remember the first time where I really understood God was calling me into the ministry. Um, I was, I just was freshly saved. It was within a few months. Well, actually took about six months. After, after just weeks, the Lord kept, I kept getting in my mind, when I have a church, when I'm a pastor, when I'm this, and I'd go, what? And I mean, literally, I would slap myself sometimes, and I'd say, stop this. Who do you think you are? You can't be a pastor. You don't know nothing. You don't earn anything. You were wicked and evil and bad and terrible and blah, blah, blah. And I would just constantly hear him and hear him and hear him and hear him and hear him. But I rejected it, not because I thought it was God. I thought, what is going on? Am I going insane? I'm serious. I was just, I thought I was losing my mind. And so one day I was sitting in the service and the pastor was preaching. I didn't hear a word he said because all that was going on in my mind was this battle. I was feeling God calling. And I'm going, no, no, this can't be right. And I walk up to the pastor afterwards and he says, Terry, I think God's called you into the ministry. And I just bawled. I couldn't say a word. I, I mean, I, I was weeping. I was like, you know, it's not every, I'm telling you, I just, all I did was late, I just went right to one of the chairs and I sat there and I just bawled and I bawled and I bawled because it was God speaking to me. I didn't understand it. Who do you think you are? You know, and I go, doesn't matter. God's called me. 
And I have to step into this and I have to follow his path for me and do what he requires. So pray into the promises. Say, thank you, God, for what you've called me to do. I want to respond to this. I want to see this happen in my life and begin to pray into his promises because God is faithful. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. Can you believe it? I've been pastoring for 33 and a half years. It's crazy. And guess what? I'm going to get a few more in too. We'll see how many. As many as he gives me, I reckon. Because I guess I don't plan on retiring. I don't know about you. I hear a lot of people going, oh, it's so great to retire. I'm going to do stuff till I can't do anything. Till I'm in the ground. Then I'll be with him. But my plan is, is to serve Jesus every day of my life for the rest of my life, period. That's it with whatever I can do. You know, I just think of it like, yeah, go for it. But God's faithful. And I love this scripture. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. God is so absolutely faithful. When he says something, he means it, and he will bring it about. You know, sometimes we can short-circuit God because of our choices that we make. But God's plan, it says, is without repentance. You remember the children of Israel, how many times they turned away from God, but God continued to come to them over and over and over and over and over again because of the promises that he had made. He made some promises that were unchangeable. Of course, they could, they could miss out on fullness of what he desired for them to have because of their sin and unbelief but he continued to have the promises and the promises would be fulfilled because he's faithful there's this scripture in in hebrews 6 13 it says for when god made the promise to abraham since he could swear by no one greater he swore by himself He's, my character is absolute. My character is true. I'm speaking this in my name. In, and if, if whatever he says doesn't come to pass, it stains his name. But he won't allow that to happen because everything he promises he will do. And that's the exciting thing is that when God speaks to us, if we cooperate, it will happen. It will take place in the fullness of what he desires. But we have to say yes, we have to move, but we have to count him as faithful. And so by doing that, when he says something to us, is to pray into that. Lord, you spoke this, and this is what I do. I don't know. I've had a lot of different words over the years. I write them down. I have them. I have them. I Actually, since I started having nice iPhones and stuff like that, I just hit my little button when somebody has a word for me and I record it and so I can listen to it. And then I write it down so I can read it. I just go word for word. I just listen, boop, you know, write, write it down so that I have it because if, and then I discern, is this from the Lord? And if it, I believe it's from the Lord, then I go for it and I begin to pray into that and I begin to ask God to open the doors for those things to take place for that to happen. Because God... His promises are true because he's true. He's faithful. Like I said, this is just an overview, so we're cooking with gas. 
Keep your eyes on his promises. You know, it talks about us running the race, fixing our eyes on Jesus Christ, but we also need to fix our eyes and keep our eyes on the promises because it's the promises of God that keeps us solid. It's the promises of God that gives us hope in the midst of times where it doesn't seem like anything's going on. I just think of some of these guys, these, you know, ones in the Old Testament, and they were saying, you know, God... Why do the wicked prosper? Why is everything going bad for the, for the children of God? And, but their whole hope was fixed on the Lord. David in the psalm says, you know, he says, I, I look and all my enemies are triumphing. All these things are taking place. But he says, then I see that I'm in, I, I will dwell in your house. I will be with you. And my heart takes courage. There's these things that go. Keep your eye on his promises because God's not slow about his promises now slow according to our mind but not according to his and i like this the lord is not slow about his promises as some count slowness now we know that's in the context of his second coming but that can be any promise that god has spoken he doesn't just speak them and then you know how some people promise you the moon (laughs) oh i promise And they never show up. They never do it. They never come through. And man's that way, but God's not that way. When God says something, he means it. He's not saying it to make us feel good. He's not saying it just to placate us or or to make us feel good about ourselves. He's saying it because it's his plan and his purpose. The promises that he speaks to us are because of who he is, and they come out of him. And he's not slow about his promises. This is a great one in Habakkuk 2.3. It says, For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens towards the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it, for it will certainly come. It will not delay. So even God, when he speaks, the answer is beginning to be worked out from that very point because God's a faithful one but did you hear what it says in this verse for the vision is yet for the appointed time God has a time when his promises come to fulfillment you know you think come on God it takes forever why does it take 4,000 years for you to send Jesus you know, from the time where God promised to send one. Remember, and he promised in Genesis he would send the one who would, who would crush the serpent's head. Do you remember that? It took 4,000 years. And Jesus said, I'm coming again. And now it's at 2,000, over 2,000 years. And you're going like, Ugh. But God's promises are sure, and guess what? He has a plan for the in-between because to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Do you know what? It talks about like when Jesus comes again, he says he's going to raise up the dead before us and we're going to go with them in the air. But there's this thing here that they're going to get their bodies is what he's talking about. Their spirits are already present with the Lord But we're talking about a brand new resurrected body. They're not behind us. We're going to be changed in an instant, it says. And they're going to come to life. That should be pretty interesting. 
you know, you got these special effects on TV and all that kind of stuff in the movies. This is for real. This is going to be a real show. It'll be awesome. But God's not slow about his promises, and that's what really hangs us up sometimes, is that when God gives us a promise, we want it now. We want it right now, but God has an appointed time, a time where he will fulfill that promise as we pursue him, and we focus in on his promises, and we walk out his promises. And it takes faith to do that. So this is interesting. Keep your eyes on his promises. And then the next one is thank God for his promises. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, that you've said this. And begin to worship him and and bless him and think that ahead of time you have the answer. Because, you know, we could even have, there's a lot of scriptures we could talk about. You know, it says if you believe in your heart, then you'll have what you say, that nothing is impossible for God. Like Suzette said, there's, there's a few places that that's used, or nothing is impossible with God. He uses it both negatively and po- positively. Everything is possible, nothing is impossible, because God can do all things that he says. But to begin to thank God for the promises and to focus on what he has said, that's an act of faith like any other to actually give thanks and praise. That's part of our our prayer life is to give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ. Give thanks because of the promises. Give thanks because God is at work on your behalf. Give Him thanks and thank Him that He has you in mind and He has these promises. Joshua chapter 21, and just, just so I keep humble, there's a typo at the bottom. Just thought I'd let you know. It says Joshua 21, verse 45, but it's actually 43 through 45. And so, uh, here we go. So the Lord gave Israel all the land which he had sworn to give their fathers. And they possessed it, and they lived in it. And the Lord gave them rest on every side, according to all that he had sworn to their fathers. And no one of all their enemies stood before them. The Lord gave all their enemies into their hand. Now here's the thing. Not One of the good promises which the Lord had made to the house of Israel failed. All came to pass. See, God will fulfill his purpose. You know, he gave a promise. And if you you look at the scriptures, that's why we have this whole story here. You know, we don't have the story of everything God does or not. You know, it's just a very limited scope. Very limited scope. It's focusing in on 
on Abraham, right? That's one of the main ones, Abraham, and the promises that were given to him and the things that, that were going on. So he had promises that they would enter into the land. And so we know what happened is that when he was making these promises to Abraham, he says for 400 years they're going to be in, a, in another land. They're going to be in captivity, and I'm going to bring them out of that into a land that's flowing with milk and honey. So he made a promise. And it took like 400 and, who knows, 400 and, more than 440 because there's some extra years in there. I didn't figure this out. But it's over 440 years before they even begin to enter into the land. So they're in slavery for 400 years. And then God brings them out. And then what happens, he's seeking to bring all the children of Israel into the land, but because of their unbelief and because of their hard-heartedness, because they constantly blamed God, because they constantly resisted him, they grumbled against the Lord, they complained against the Lord constantly. And God says, you will not enter, but your children will. Because God keeps his promises. That bunch because of their unbelief died in the wilderness but god who is a god of promise made a promise to the fathers that they would enter into the promised land so he brought the children of israel into the promised land and they began to conquer it and all of the promises that god made were being fulfilled and so that's what joshua was talking about at the end of his life god's done what he said he would do God's faithful, so we can begin to thank God for his promises. Thank God for what he has done. So here's the biggie. Fully accept his promises. Fully accept them. Fully accept them. Even if it's astonishing to you, even if you can't hardly believe that God's saying it to you, Accept it fully. Embrace it. Grab hold of it. And step into what God has said. Now, I don't know how many times over the years of ministering to people that I have heard people tell me, God called me into the ministry, or God called me to do this, but I ran away. I didn't do it. God told me to do this, but I ignored it. Listen, fully embrace, fully embrace what God has for you and begin to move towards that. You know, I just think back again, God called me into the ministry. I could have said no. I don't think it'd be a very good thing to do. (laughs) That might, I just have a hard time just like saying, no God, I'm not doing it. I just really do have a hard time for that, even whatever he asks. I just really have a hard time. My heart I want to keep my heart tender before the Lord. I wanna I wanna keep right before him in in my not only my um actions but my attitudes. I want to do that. I wanna be submissive to him. But that means in order to do that I must fully accept what he has for me. I must fully agree with what he says and begin to step out in that you know you grow in everything you grow in the things you grow in wisdom you grow in knowledge you grow in stature before the lord you never and you know god never just says he never just does this all right terry you're a pastor 
and all of a sudden I have 30 years of knowledge. I understand how to move in the gifts of the Spirit. I understand how to preach. I understand how to do it. It just doesn't, boop. I had to learn step by step. But the great thing is, is that God always promises to be with us. He always promises to go with us. There's never a time when we're alone. And so if he shows us something and he's, we'll expand into what he has, we'll expand into the promise and the fullness of what he has, but we have to fully accept his promise. Say yes. I've said this multiple times. When it comes to the Lord, say yes. When it comes to what God wants, say yes. And again, it doesn't mean life's going to be easy and simple. He might call you to do something that stretches you to the very core of your being. But it'll be the best for you in the long run. Just say yes. And if you want to sing a song, you can just say, Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Woo! Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. Just say yes. You know, they had the drug thing. Just say no. When it comes to God, say yes. 2 Corinthians, uh, well, fully accept his promises. Why? Because they're based on the finished work of Christ. They're based on the finished work work of Christ. It says, For as many as are the promises of God, in Him they are yes. Therefore also through Him is our amen to the glory of God through us. We say yes. The glory of God flows through us. Every promise is is because of Jesus. Every promise is because of what He has done for us. Every promise is yes. There's never a time where the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit disagree or come in conflict with one another. They're one. And when one speaks, it's as if the other has spoken. It is 100% accurate and true. It says in Galatians 3.29, If you belong to Christ, then you're Abraham's descendants, and heirs according to the promise. You know, the scripture talks about us being joint heirs with Jesus. It talks about us having everything because of Jesus and that we have everything that God's going to pour out on Jesus for what he's done. We're joint heirs. It's all ours because of him, because of what he's done. He's allowed us to come into the inheritance. He's allowed us every single solitary promise that's spoken of in the Scripture. This year I want us, as we're coming into 2019, I want us to begin to read the Word of God, maybe slightly different. I want to challenge you that every time you read the Word of God, if anything pops into your mind that goes contrary to the Word of God, that you stand up as a warrior and you say, no, I'm going to believe the Word of God. I'm going to believe what God says. I'm going to step out and begin to practice what God says. Now, is that a challenge? Yes, it is. Because I know how many ungodly beliefs we have. I had like 18 million of them, I think, when, when I first got saved. The first time I ever heard about ungodly beliefs and taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ, I thought I was going to go crazy because one after another, after another, after another, after another, because that was my mindset. That was the way I thought. I was negative. I, 
I was down on myself very hard and I, and I, I would just constantly have these thoughts that did not line up. And man, when I first started doing that, it seems like hundreds of times a day, oh, is this ever going to go? But you begin to, to, to slow the pace. You begin to take your thoughts under control and it becomes a process in your life where you begin to capture that and says, this doesn't line up. I don't care how I feel. Now, I want you to know this too. You know, I did a little bit of brain research stuff, you know, read these scholars and all this on the brains and uh, doctors and all these different people on brains. And part of the research is, is that every thought we have is connected to a feeling. So every thought we have is connected to either a good feeling, a bad feeling, or, you know, eh, doesn't matter that much. But, you know, for example... If I, just, if I just said to you someone who really hurt you and I said their name, that might bring something up in you. Why? I just said a name. But it brings it up. Why? Because connected to that memory, connected to that name is a memory of pain and hurt. And so we have to understand that, that all of the, the stuff that comes against us, we have to start taking authority over that, but then also deal with the feeling. We have to deal with that because the feelings are many times what stop us from moving ahead in God. We have fear, we have trepidation, we have, we're, we're feeling hurt or wounded. Oh, I'm so wounded, I can't move forward. When that's not what God has for you. It just isn't. And so onward, we move onward. We fully accept his call, and we begin to move out, and we begin to step up into what he has. Which goes to the next thing. Determine to walk in his promises. Determine to do it. Make it your, make it your goal to walk in the things of God. Now, you know, we're coming to 2019, and you can guarantee that people are going to make year's resolutions it's just a thing that we do and actually they say that well over 90 some percent they've done research on this people don't do them and there's five biggies and i don't know if i remember them i just looked at a article that had them on there but of course one is i'm going to eat less that's a biggie i'm going to exercise more right that's a biggie and I'm going to spend more time with my family. And I can't remember what the other two are now. But you know what? You know, we make them. Oh, I'm, I'm going to lose 97 pounds, you know. I'm going to run 17 marathons this year. And we pick these goals that are way beyond our ability because we haven't even ran around the block yet. And we're going to do 17 marathons. But when we're talking about the things that God has, when he has promises for us, when he, when he tells us that something is possible for us, we can do that. Now, it's going to take time, obviously. I already mentioned that, but determine to do it. Just say, I'm going to walk in his ways. I'm going to do what God's calling me to do. I'm going to be who he's made me be. I'm going to just allow myself to step into whatever God has for me because that's the best for me. And then you have to step out in faith. 
So determine to walk in his promises, but then step out. You got to step out. You got to step out. You got to step out. And you don't have to step out of the boat onto the water, you know, in the midst of a storm. That happened once to Peter. But what you need to do is step out. Every time you sense God moving, just step out and begin to do it. And you'll learn him to hear his voice more and more. And you'll begin to walk into, again, the fullness of what you have because what the scripture tells us is that he who has more will be given and so if if we if we understand his promises and we determine to walk into them and we begin to step forward he'll give us more but if we step back and we hold back then we're going to we'll even lose what we have because there's something powerful about that Joshua 1:3 says every place this is God speaking to Joshua This is one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible, right there. Joshua chapter 1. Every place on which the sole of your foot treads, I have given it to you. Just as I spoke to Moses. So he's saying, Joshua, wherever you will step out, wherever you will believe me, wherever you will go, I'll give that to you. It's already been given to you, but you need to step out and possess it. You need to step out and take it. For some, it's like, come on, why do we have to go do war? Why do we have to fight battles? Well, because we're possessing the land. We're possessing what God's given. Step out in faith. Joshua 1.5 says, No man will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. So it's powerful. God's promises to be with us in the midst of what he's asked us to do. But we have to step out in faith. And then even ask yourself, Every day, just ask yourself a simple question. And again, don't do this as a weighty thing. Oh, i got to perform and do all this junk. Don't take it on as a weight. But just ask yourself, what can I do today to pursue His promises? What can I do today that will fulfill what God's called me to do? And you know what? It might just be, you know, like for example, when when I felt called, I, I... felt the Lord wanted me to go to a Bible college. So I started looking up Bible colleges. That was my next step. Where am I going to go, Lord? And ask the Lord, which one? And then I found the one. Then I had to go there. But that's what my next step was, going to class every day. Oh, you mean go to class? Yeah, I'm fulfilling his purpose by going to class. Here's my great idea. I said, oh, there's just so many people who need to hear the Lord, hear about the Lord. There's so many people. I'm just going to go there. I'm only going to go there for one quarter. And then I'm going to go out and we're going to start church and we're going to do this. And I had all these great plans and I was, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I'd go and I went and I got to the end of the first quarter and God said, go one more. I said, okay, I'll go one more and then I'll go out and save the world. And then I went to one more and then he said, go to one more. And I went to one more and then four and a half years were over. I had a bachelor's degree with two minors. Come on! But guess what? Day after day after day, it's grinding through school. But that's part of God's plan, part of His purpose, part of the training. You know, it's not just what you learn, 
when you're in school. It's what goes on as you're going through school. And so there's part of the promise, you know. So what can you do today to pursue his promise? And it might be just show up to work. It might be just show up to school. It might be something that's so seemingly boring and insignificant. But it's part of the process that will get you through to the end. So actively pursue his promises. Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14, Paul says this. Not that I've already obtained it. He's talking about perfection and stuff. He says, or that I've already become perfect, but I press on. So that I may lay hold of that for which I was also laid hold of by Christ. You know this, God has a purpose for you. You know God has a plan for your life. You know he has something that he wants to do in you and through you. Paul says, Jesus grabbed hold of me, and I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in. I'm pressing in so I can fulfill that which he grabbed hold of me for. He says, brethren, I do not regard myself of having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's important. He says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. He wasn't saying, I'm pressing on so that God will love me. I'm pressing on so that that I can become something more than I already am. He says, I'm pressing on to fulfill the purpose which God gave for me. Because when we come to Christ, we, we are. We want to do. But God just wants us to be who we are and then out of that will flow everything that needs to take place it's always well when i do this then i'll it's kind of like that chasing after happiness you know when i get when i get a brand new car then i'll be happy or when i get a bigger house then i'll be happy oh when i get when i get when i get when i get and it's like chasing after things but God wants us to understand that we are already who we, he's created us to be. We're already his people. We're already his children. We are already in right standing with God. And there's nothing we can do to earn any more of his love than's already been poured out. And there's no way for us to lose that love because he loves us with an everlasting love. Yeah, we can sin against him and do stuff that messes up things, but I'm telling you, It's not who you are. He's already made you alive in Christ. He's already done a good work in you. And he's begun the process of of helping you grow and mature into the fullness of that. But you're enough. You're who he has made you. Then here's the last thing. is We settle for nothing less than the fullness of his promises. That we settle for nothing less than the fullness of his promises. And that's because God wants us to experience life as he intends it to be. I've been using that term for the last few years because that's what I think 
life as God intends it. So often we live so below that, but God's calling us to live in that. And part of the process is, again, all the things that we're saying here, grabbing hold of the promises, stepping out, believing them, responding to God, doing the things that he says, we need to settle for nothing less. Nothing less than the fullness of his promises. And that's in every area of our life. And this Second Peter chapter 1, verses 3 and 4, you guys have heard this. You probably got it memorized. Seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness through the true knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. For by these he has granted to us his precious and magnificent promises so that by them you may become partakers of the divine nature. God wants to do wonders through us. When we talk about this idea of becoming partakers of the divine nature, one part of that is is the gifts of the Spirit. One part of that is the fruit of the Spirit. It's the fruit of the Holy Spirit flowing through our life. It's His abundant life flowing through us. It's His power and manifestation flowing through us that touches other, other people's lives. So there's this whole idea. He wants us to participate in his divine nature. He's given it to us freely through the Holy Spirit that dwells within us. And so settle for nothing less. I was thinking about this since I was working on this. I was thinking about this just yesterday because crazy thing is I'm taking medication for high blood pressure. And you don't know how many times I have prayed, commanded, resisted that, stood against it, rejected it, believed God to heal me. And, and it seems to be not super high, but it's too high. But that's... So I take my medicine, I say, Lord, I'm taking this, but in the name of Jesus Christ, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm made whole by the blood of Jesus. I command my blood pressure to go down. I command these arteries to be supple and to do the things that they need to be. I command all the pressure within all my body to come under his authority. And I speak that thing over and over and over again. Never give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. We must press into what God has for us. And if it doesn't line up with the truth of God's word, then we can contend for that. And I'm contending for healing because Jesus Christ is the healer. I'm contending for health because that's part of his promises. Talks about healing as the bread of the children. And so I'm trying to participate in the bread. And so, you know, you see things like this and you go, well, why? You know, I don't get it. I don't understand everything, but I'm not going to stop. I could stop. I could just say, well, who cares? It's no big deal. I can manage this with medication. I can be fine and dandy. I can live through my life with this. It'll regulate me. It'll keep me okay. But that's not what God's fullness is for me. And so I'm contending for that and believing for that. So now you know what our theme is, the year of promise.
And so, if you want to keep this in your Bible or somewhere handy, I think you can even just flip through this side, and this reminds us, you know, pray into his promises. Keep your eyes on his promises. Fully accept his promises. Determine to walk in his promises. What can you do today to pursue his promise and settle for nothing less than the fullness of his promises. And this will jog us and keep us and move us in the right direction for what God desires to do through us this year coming up in 2019, which is really quickly coming. It's like uh, Tuesday, right? Whoa. Time's a-flying. So thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just pray that you would spark something in our hearts, that even as I was speaking that and just reciting your scripture and telling the truths of who you are and what you have for us, that something would spark in us and the fire would grow and it would increase. That, Lord, we would see ourselves as your partners, that we would see ourselves as as your vessels to touch mankind and to see them change, to see people healed, saved, delivered, totally brought into a right relationship with you. And God, we just ask, I ask for your favor to be upon each one of us. I ask you, God, that as we even think about people who who would need healing, that we would hand cards out to them and just believe that God's going to heal, that God's going to save them, that God's going to free them from the things that are moving in their lives. God, we just ask for your glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, I know there's a bunch of goodies downstairs. You ate them? Oh, we do have a meal. What's our January meal? No, next week. She asked for next week. Um, We usually do in January 